This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, April 17th, 2016. Now what? The gifts. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. I not only pray that prayer today, but I pray that tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Fill the hearts of your faithful. That's all of us together. The faithful kindle in us the fire of your love. Today we're going to focus some more on the Holy Spirit, but I'd like to introduce myself first. My name is Carrie Jones, and I'm one of the pastors here. I normally team teach and preach with my husband, Alan, but he is serve. I have to stand like in his spot to feel, feel it. Um, he's serving on a, a men's weekend called Walk to Emmaus as spiritual director. So um, last week I was at Chrysalis, which is the youth version of that. I am a sinner saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with my, me, please? Holy Spirit, thank you for the opportunity to teach this morning, to proclaim your word. Fill each one of us with what we need so that we are empowered to go and do your work. In Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody gathered and said, Amen. So today is week three of our series, Now What? We started this the week after Easter, and we celebrated this glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ, and then it's like, now what? And so three weeks ago, John chapter 21, we talked about Jesus appeared after his resurrection and had breakfast on the beach with his boys, and he asked Peter, do you love me? Peter replied, yes. And what did Jesus command Peter? He said, feed my sheep. We talked a lot about that. We said we should be in the sheep feeding business. We hope that wasn't a one week and done week. We need to be in the sheep feeding business. It's a demonstration of our love for the Lord. And then last week, Alan was here um, and explored with you the promise that Jesus made just prior to his arrest, death, and resurrection. The promise focused on sending the Holy Spirit to the people, the Spirit of truth, the advocate, the comforter, the counselor, the encourager, the one to give them strength to share about Jesus. And so today and next week, we will continue to focus on the fulfillment of that promise. What does it look like, the realization of the presence of the Holy Spirit with the disciples, others, and our lives, what that means to us today? All right, so here we go. Following um, Jesus' resurrection, 
his bodily resurrection. Uh, we read in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the next book there is called Acts, A-C-T-S. It's Acts of the Apostles, those who saw Jesus, who experienced Jesus here on earth. And Luke was the writer of that book. And he shares with us in the very first chapter, Acts chapter 1, the very last days Jesus is resurrected and he spent 40 days on earth walking, talking with people before he went to heaven to be with his father. He needed to convince them that this in fact did happen and he appeared uh, numerous, numerous times in those 40 days. Luke shares that on one of those occasions, Jesus was eating with them and he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. The gift, that's the gift of the Holy Spirit, which he had been talking about, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Incredible. And then Jesus uh, later met with them and told them that they, in fact, would receive the Holy Spirit that the power would come upon them and that they would be witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, for us, that's like in Middletown, in Middletown Tanzania, Odessa, um, the state of Delaware, the United States, and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, like people saw this. Before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. I just think that's amazing. And can you even imagine what that was like for the disciples? So, following Jesus' instructions, they waited. They waited, as he had told them to. Who here likes to wait? No, we don't like to wait. In fact, this is like a quick microwave society now we do not like to wait i send a text if i don't get an answer back in the next couple minutes what is wrong we just don't like to wait think about when you were a kid and it was christmas time and you're waiting to go down to the tree legally in the morning <laughs> that's me i kind of snuck down and then could go back to sleep uh waiting to hear about a job waiting to hear about a promotion there was one time I waited a really, really long time for Alan to finally ask me to marry him. I mean, it seemed like forever my time frame was different than his time frame, but it was worth the wait. Well, they waited. The disciples waited until Pentecost. Pentecost is a Greek word. Um, it's a Jewish, uh, for the Jewish festival of weeks. It's seven weeks following the Passover on the 50th day, penta equals 50. And so, um, for Christians, we celebrate Pentecost, which will happen soon, 50 days following Easter. And so the actual wait for the disciples was only 10 days. Remember, he had been appearing for 40 days, so they had to wait 10 days. That probably seemed like an eternity because remember, they were a little bit scared to live life without Jesus. Well, check out what happens on that 50th day. 
When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, they, the disciples. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues And these next few words are very important to kind of catch on to. As the Spirit enabled them. See, it wasn't them. It was as the Spirit enabled them. Holy Spirit power. The power of God right there in the room. When the disciples were gathered, they could hear the power. They could feel the power. They experienced the power. There was evidence of the power. They'd spoken in languages that they'd never spoken before, exhibiting the Holy Spirit. Absolutely incredible. This really happened. I'd like for you to pull out the bookmark that is in your program. Looks like this. And I'd like for us to read together the first four lines together. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. The fire of your love, that Pentecost fire that comes and rests on each one of us. We're praying that. Kindle in us the fire, that that passion for Christ. That's the fire. That's the fire. And so, the devout Jews were there in the town. They were from all over the place. Remember, it was the Pentecost celebration. They were in Jerusalem, and the disciples, they were Galilean. There were people who spoke all different languages in for this festival. And scripture tells us that the disciples began to speak in the native language of the visitors. Language from a foreign region, languages not normally spoken. Now, that would be like if today there was a visitor here and they spoke only Chinese, nothing else, just Chinese. And And God would use me, through the Holy Spirit, I would begin speaking Chinese. I mean, I don't know how to speak a word of it. But it would be working in and through me, and that person would hear the good news of the gospel in their language. That's what this was about. The Holy Spirit can do some pretty miraculous things when we let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Amazed and perplexed by what was going on, these men speaking not in their regular language, the out-of-town visitors began to be like skeptical, like what in the world is going on? They kind of made fun of them. And we see in scripture that they thought they were drunk and they had too much wine. All right, hit the pause button. When God fills you with the Holy Spirit, do not let the skeptics or the naysayers put you down. Don't let them scramble what the Holy Spirit is doing in and through you. 
I believe that the Holy Spirit could right now have me speak Chinese and I will not apologize about it. And you might think that's weird that the Holy Spirit can do that and that I'd say, yeah, I can do that. It's not weird. It's the truth. Now, I am a little weird and crazy in other areas of my life, but that's one area where I know it's true, that the Holy Spirit's going to do what the Holy Spirit's going to do. So in response to naysayers, to the skeptics, Peter, that same Peter that like ran away and hid when Jesus was arrested and when he denied knowing who Jesus was, he was filled with the Spirit and he had courage and he stood up and he addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. I mean, can you just feel the confidence that he has? It's not his own confidence, it's Holy Spirit confidence. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, Joel is a book in the Old Testament written hundreds of years before. Joel prophesied, said this is going to happen, and indeed, he's speaking from the Old Testament. In the last days, God says... I will pour out my spirit on all people. And that's what happened. And so these followers of Jesus were so filled with the Holy Spirit that their behavior was entirely different than it usually was. And some people interpreted their actions as being really weird and crazy and different and little S spirit instead of big S spirit. Filled. So here we go, though. We've got this once very awkward Peter who ran away, who was a wimp, and he finally was living up to the name that Jesus gave him. Peter means Petra, and that means rock. And with the Holy Spirit power, Peter could be the rock on which the church is built. He did it. He was strong and bold and courageous. In fact, Peter continued to speak in that boldness of the Holy Spirit by saying, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us just as you see and hear today. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, here's the zinger, whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Well, technically Peter did too because he denied even knowing Christ. But he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so Peter, once this denier, Peter the denier became Peter the proclaimer to anyone who was willing to listen to the good news. The people who heard this, they heard, you know, they were involved in the crucifixion. Their hearts were heavy. They, you know, it was like, cut. Can you just imagine the pain when you really realize, when they realized what they had done? So they said, well, what should we do? And Peter then told them to repent, turn away from their old ways, their sinful ways and turn toward Christ, toward Jesus and be baptized. 
Baptism is an expression, this outward and visible sign of putting our whole entire life, our faith, our trust in the Lord. He told him to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness for their sins and that they would receive the Holy Spirit. This next line is awesome. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about how many? 3,000 were added to their number that day. Can you imagine 3,000 people giving their hearts to Jesus that day? It's not really that much of a stretch for me. I can imagine it. I can imagine it happening. It has happened because the church is growing and more people are added, but it's up to us to help make that happen. So there's Peter in the middle of it all. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And here's what followed. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when we give our lives to Christ, it's no longer about us. We care about others, and that's what we see happen. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread together in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Please pull your bookmark out again. So let's pray, picking up with the line, send forth your spirit, those next four lines together. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. You see, when the Spirit comes, we are created or recreated. We are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, and the face of the earth is renewed. Righteousness prevails. The kingdom of God is alive. The lion lays down with the lamb. People care about each other. Love prevails. Isn't it incredible what can happen when we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit? Allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and work with us. When we accept the gifts of the Holy Spirit and use them for God's glory, for the edification, that means the building up of the believers around us, that's why we get the gifts not to keep to ourselves, but to use so God is glorified. That's what happened that day 2,000 years ago at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit filled them, empowered them, and set them loose. But here's the thing. That is not a one-and-done event. Absolutely not. 
the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that filled the disciples in that upper room that day, the same Holy Spirit that came into that house with a mighty wind and the fire touching upon and resting upon each person, the Holy Spirit that allowed that same Holy Spirit that allowed them to speak in, in tongues that they did not know, the same Holy Spirit that empowered the once intimidated Peter to proudly preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that same Holy Spirit that led 3,000 people to claim Christ that day, that same Holy Spirit is here today. We just have to plug into that Holy Spirit power. It's here. It's here for us. It's the same Holy Spirit that brought Connection Church into being. It just didn't happen. It just wasn't some idea. It was the Holy Spirit that did it, that breathed life into a new faith community, and number, you know, people were not added. It's the same Holy Spirit that empowers you and me to help others connect with Jesus and the new life he offers the power that allows us to lift others up, the power that allows us to use our gifts to share them and understand that it's nothing to do with us, it's all spirit. We find out about these gifts of the Holy Spirit in the Bible in a couple places, in Romans, in Corinthians, and in Ephesians. They are the same gifts that the Holy Spirit shares with you and with me. Gifts like leadership and faith and administration and shepherding and healing and tongues and prophecy and teaching and preaching and miracles and I could go on. Generosity, encouragement, the list goes on. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul tells us that every believer is given a spiritual gift. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have received a spiritual gift. We love this scripture. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Here's the sentence for all of us here today. Say it with me. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. It's not for us. It's to help each other, to glorify God. It's a gift. Like the gift of grace. Grace is that unconditional love that you know, we try to earn and do, you know, read the Bible more and do more good works. It's just a gift. All we need to do is say, Thank you, Lord, for the gift. And that's true for the Holy Spirit. We cannot manipulate the Holy Spirit. We can't say, I want this, I want that. No, the Holy Spirit's going to give the gift that the Holy Spirit wants us to have. They are freely given, but we have to use them. We have to use them. For example, if God nudges us to pray for someone to be healed about something. And we don't step into that and obey and pray for that person. We are putting a lid on the Holy Spirit. 
We're squashing the Holy Spirit. We're pushing the Holy Spirit down. We must exercise our faith in order to be bold. I am sad to say that there are a number of times where, you know, my mission statement is to be ready to respond when God interrupts. Well, that's really Holy Spirit interrupting my life because I am like every day. And so then zinger, you know, Kara, I want you to do this. And I'm like, la, 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 I can't do that. And it's like, was that the Holy Spirit? No, I just think it was an idea. No, what I've done is squash the Holy Spirit. Not good. Do I not think that God could multiply my time, the Holy Spirit, if I obey? Absolutely. Scripture says that Peter was given several gifts. He was given a lot of gifts, leadership and preaching and teaching and healing and tongues and a lot more. Wouldn't have been good if he hadn't used them. That's how the church grew. It's important to say that spiritual gifts are not talents. They're just not something that we can do this ability. For example, um, I have studied piano for many years. Well, I did until I became a mom and got too busy, but I studied piano and I was, I was okay at it. I would call it a talent. I really had to work at it, but after practicing, practice makes perfect, and, and I could end up playing the piano. Now, that's a talent. What we heard from Stephanie, that's a gift. Did you notice there was no music? Did you notice that there's no music anytime she's played with us this morning? No, because she listens to the Holy Spirit and it just flows through. I have to admit, when I saw her without music on Thursday night at practice, I'm like, seriously? <laughs> oh my goodness, it's a gift. That's the difference, allowing God to use her. And by the way, I'd like to introduce my future daughter-in-law, Stephanie Merkel, who's going to marry Turner Jones. <laughs> January 7th, <laughs> empty nest starts. I'm going to be bawling my eyes out too. Not because I'm sad that you're getting married, but anyway, cleaning out that room. <laughs> Let's talk a little more about spiritual gifts. Alan has the gift, the spiritual gift of faith. Now, when we're believers, we all are faithful. We all should have faith. We all need to exercise our faith. Alan's faith is like faith on steroids. I mean, honestly, it's crazy faith. Really. So when the Holy Spirit touched both of us that day in an airplane and said, I want you to start a new church and leave your old life, I'm like, oh my goodness. The administration part of me is like, choo, 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 how does this work? And Alan's like, oh yeah, Carol, let's go. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Ah, oh, we're going to be on food stamps. And he says, yeah, it doesn't matter. God's going to take care of us. We have faith. We were almost on food stamps. And, and I get that life. I mean, God takes care of us when we obey. It really does work. Have you ever met somebody with the gift of encouragement? They just can't help themselves. 
They just encourage and encourage and encourage. For me, my lead encourager is Penny Royce. If you know Penny, she just can't, like, help herself. She's, like, encouraging everybody. Everybody. My spiritual gifts, and I, I share this humbly because it's not me. It's, it's God, the Holy Spirit through me, um, is administration, go figure, uh, leadership. It's what it takes to start a church and lead a church, so the Holy Spirit has given me that. Shepherding, well, duh, I was a nurse, so that kind of comes natural too, can't help myself. Discernment, ooh, that's a gift that I really wasn't welcoming at first. It's so important to embrace the gifts that God has given you. You know, it's like, God, I don't want discernment. I want tongues. No, Carrie, I'm going to give you what I'm going to give you, and you need to be satisfied with it and use them for my glory. So embrace your gifts. God has wired you in a special way, and the Holy Spirit is flowing in and through you. And it's to build the body of Christ up so that we can share the good news with people who need to hear it. So the question becomes this, what about you? Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? If you don't, we encourage you to explore that. We do have a course called Network. And Network helps you take a look at what your spiritual gifts are and then use them identify ways that can be used in the body of Christ. Our network class just happened, but we're going to have another one soon, so read uh, your program and keep, keep an eye out for that. If you know your, what your spiritual gifts are, the question is, are you using them? Are you using them to build others up? Are you seeking the help of the Holy Spirit to put those gifts into practice? When we don't, I'd venture to say that we're denying Christ and his Holy Spirit, which is sin. We need to use our gifts. It takes courage to do that. We'd like to challenge you to really open up to the Holy Spirit. I admit that it's easier for me or it has been easier for me, but I'm, I'm trying to grow in this, to open up to God, God, Jesus. But opening up to the Holy Spirit, that seems a little unsafe, a little dangerous. The Holy Spirit cannot be contained, and that's what makes me nervous sometimes because I'm a control person. And when the Holy Spirit's around, Holy Spirit's in control. And so if it's God... Sharing the Holy Spirit with us, why should I be so nervous about it? Why should we be nervous about it? It's important to be a willing conduit of the Spirit. We believe that God has given us, through the Holy Spirit, every gift that this church needs to fulfill the mission that God has given us to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. We've got it all. But we can't waste the gifts that we've been given. We have to use them 
We've got to come out of hiding and use the gifts. It's up to each and every one of us. And if you're a believer in Jesus, you have one or two or three, how many that the Spirit wants to give. And it's all about glorifying God and building one another up so that we can have that Peter boldness through the Holy Spirit to go out and proclaim Christ. That's what it's all about, to allow the Spirit to work in and through us to reach out and offer others Christ. That's the good news. Let's believe it and let's live it. Let it be so. All right, we're going to pray this together if you would take this out. Let's start from the top and go on through. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O oh God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Spirit, thank you for meeting us here today. It's no accident that any one of us are here. God, I would ask you to use these words that you've given to encourage us, to empower us, and to be courageous as we proclaim who you are through our words, through our actions, through our behavior. Lord, help us use the gifts that you have given to build up your church for all to be saved. We pray this. In the name of the Father, Jesus Christ, his Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people with Jesus.